0: access granted theme song initiated Now loading pre-recorded live rendering hosts Matt loud giggling idiot occasionally poignant Becky intelligent, brazen loves cute things. Joe
1: confident inappropriate can't locate button. Launching podcast.
2: Hey, everybody, welcome to Pre Recorded Live. I'm Matt, and Becky's here, and Joe's <laughs> at home under quarantine, and Rob's with us as well. Say hi, everyone. Hello! T-
3: to be quite honest, I'm not under quarantine.
2: I mean, you are. Well, mostly. No, he's, yeah. he's under quarantine. He, he goes to work. Yeah, but he. I think that's what he means. His life is just not markedly different than what it was before.
3: <laughs> no, I'm still doing every I, I have I have not changed anything. I'm still going wherever and doing whatever.
2: Oh Joseph. Yeah, that's really irresponsible. That's why we can't have you over. You understand that, right?
3: Yeah, I'm sure I'm infected.
2: Because well it's not it's not even about that. It's the fact that we're both high risk individuals. And uh like if we get it we'll probably die. So <laughs>
1: It's, You're a lot, sure it's a lot, lot more probable. Well, well, I'm immunosuppressed. Right. And Matt
2: has everything wrong with me.
1: Yeah. So <laughs> Matt's just
2: are, are a hot Are you mess. off working definitely then? Who moi? Well, both of you. I'm still going in.
1: Matt's still going in, but he doesn't really have contact with people because
2: yeah, he's pretty much just there by myself doing prep.
1: Yeah. Um, I've been off since. Last Tuesday, the 17th, was my last day. So, uh, indefinitely. Probably until May, June. Who knows? We'll see how right. things go. And, and what was and my... As
3: lifestyle-wise, I mean, is it really that different? Not for
1: us. No, not really. We're introverts. No, I mean,
3: in, in comparative to you saying mine hasn't changed, I mean, it's not like you were doing a remarkable amount more than I was.
2: No. The only thing we're the only thing we're missing out on is just like the weekly game night with
1: friends and grocery. We used to do our grocery shopping like every night.
2: Yeah, we used to do a daily shop,
1: and now it's zero grocery shopping. Yeah. <laughs> What's that honking?
3: <laughs> uh, it's the message I just got from oh. either man up
2: there. So every time Joe gets a <laughs> message, we're gonna hear a goose.
3: <laughs> um. Yeah, I, that that I can't stop because even though my phone's on silent for everything, it's still gonna just do yeah, that. Yeah, that. that's fine. Because I have my screen active. Yeah, I get it.
1: That's all right. We can live with that. It's good to hear your voice, though.
3: Yeah. Comes out of the front part of my head. <laughs> and
2: uh, you know, we during all this, we definitely should def- should have as many of our podcasting friends on for shows as possible. Absolutely. And then Rob can keep us posted on what's going on in the uh, the great state of New Jersey.
1: The East Coast life.
3: Yeah. Rob? However much more shut down it is up there. Rob, is still Rob with
1: still
3: us? still here? I well, think maybe we that lost him, Rob. Oh, that was Rob saying that his net just dropped to keep going and he'll be back ASAP
2: okay
1: oh okay all right, all right. Well, we'll just keep rolling i thought that was you but it was him yeah
2: i will uh i'll just pull up a message and so he can let me know when to call him back ah
3: i got it all
1: right i'll
3: tell you what though the amount of people that just like call a restaurant and don't give a fuck about this is still staggering
1: oh i'm sure
3: There are people still calling going like, are you guys offering a buffet today? Like, fucking no, of course we're not. And like some of them are mad about it.
2: That's ridiculous. That's totally ridiculous. That last goose was me. I sent a message.
1: (laughs) Um, Why don't you move the recording over here so we don't drop without our knowledge.
3: You drop without our knowledge. I'm still just going to work every day like I always have.
1: Yeah. Which, good for you that you can still work. That is something I uh, didn't think I'd miss much. but
3: Now we're keeping plenty busy. Well, I'm sure. I, I, know there,
2: I know for a fact there's a large community of people in the area that cannot cook for themselves at all. Yeah. I
3: just found out that I. Found out on Sunday that even the local school here is still making lunches and delivering it to every kid in the area.
1: Wow, that's, that's wonderful. Cool.
3: Yeah, there's and the church up by you guys is actually like holding a big like babysitting kid watching service for all the parents that can still work. Well, that's nice. Everybody's coming together. Like it's it's cool. Is all the madness you hear about all this shit, but the amount of people who are still just like doing anything they can community wise is really awesome.
1: Right. Yeah. yeah.
3: We've had a whole bunch of people, like, even, like, give us plates of cookies and stuff just saying, like, thank you for continuing to give us something to eat for our family.
1: That's very cool.
3: Mm-hmm. And I've been eating very much cookies.
1: Joe, you just recently had a birthday. Yeah, I did. How was it?
3: Uh, I mean, the whole world shut down, so I didn't get to do much. Right. But, uh, I mean, I gave myself Doom Eternal as a birthday present. You lucky fuck. <laughs> yeah, you when you buy your birthday present for yourself, bitch. you get to pick exactly what you want.
1: Yeah, that's the nice thing about being an adult.
3: Yeah. So you know, like, I'm going to buy myself a present. I guess I'll get the uh, the fucking... Uh, you know what? And I guarantee you, this game is going to sell even more than it was probably projected to from the amount of people sequestered at home that can oh, just sure. download it. I'm sure.
1: Absolutely
3: that has to add to its numbers on top of the fact of how good of a game it is
1: yeah and those who uh, you know ordered it to be sent to their house like the physical copy it's non-essential so they're not getting it so they might just
3: download it Yeah. yeah buy it twice and just download it then have a physical version which they'll probably trade in for another game
2: right I mean you could still probably get a return on your digital one if it hasn't arrived yet Like already on your physical, you know. All right, Rob's back with us. Rob? Hello. Hello. Hi. Oh, man, we lost you. I asked how things were going in New Jersey, and uh, no one could answer me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's uh, it's pouring rain here. uh, Oh, that sounds lovely. But on top of that, uh, so many people are home and doing the downloading thing, or the streaming thing, or the Netflix thing, or the Twitch thing, or the, you know, whatever. Uh, I was having this conversation with uh, James the other day. Uh, I'm paying for 200 megabits per second uh, from my internet company. On Sunday, uh, I was getting 0. 0.4 megabits per second oh for about half of the Wow.
1: Hour.
2: <laughs> so, yeah. One of the benefits of living out in the middle of nowhere is I'm pretty sure most of my town buys like the cheapest possible internet whereas i'm like sure. that is one thing we I, all have
3: 100 if you ask anybody everybody runs at 100 yeah i not, think it's all they offer.
2: not me i bought the step below business class
1: <laughs> there you
2: go <laughs> i was like i want like 500 megabytes per second
1: <laughs> and it was cheaper yeah it
2: was cheaper
0: i was actually considering upping my speed to 400 to try to mitigate the loss But the modem that I get through my internet company doesn't, like, they would have to send me a new modem to support 400. So I'm like, well, that's not going
2: to happen.
1: Right. Well,
2: we got some bonus because we made a stink when we got our cable at our new place, our internet at our new place installed. Because the guy was like, he was looking over our bill and then he was looking at our equipment and he goes, you have the wrong modem. And I said, what? And he goes, you've been paying for like, I think it was like 300 at the time. He's like you're paying for 300 megabytes per second, and your modem maxes out at like two. So messed up. But we got a free modem. We got a free high speed modem out of it. So there you like, go. Yeah. Um,
3: yeah, you bitched up. It not appease you in any way.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um. So Joe was telling us that uh, his life hasn't changed. Uh, before Joe got on and before he started recording, Rob and Becky and I were talking about how. We're all probably gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, Doom for, and gloom. for us with diabetes and immunocompromised systems, and uh, in my case, chronic lung issues, and then lung issues that arose during cam- cancer treatment. Yeah, I I will die,
1: and I have the <laughs> the Hashimoto's. Yeah.
0: So yeah, I I. I like to tell myself that I, you know, it won't be that bad. But there is a very tiny voice in the back of my brain that has gotten me to age 49. That is like, you will not make it if you get this. (laughs) Right. So I'm like, okay, you know what? Cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I I spent one whole day. Uh, Well, I'll say four hours of that day uh, with uh, a T-shirt and then a do-rag over my face because I was in my car with a bottle of Clorox, basically going over the dashboard and the windows and the handles and the stick shift and everything else. And then... I had to leave the windows cracked open so that when I went to get food the next day, I wouldn't immediately get in my car and have my eyes bleed from the lingering bleach smell that was <laughs> trapped in my car. But, uh, yeah, it, uh, it's uh, mildly terrifying. Oh, yeah. You know,
2: yeah. I I'm I literally haven't chances. been out of
0: my house for more than like an hour uh, at any given day. And I haven't left my house the past three days. So,
2: yeah, the only reason I've left the house is to go work by myself so <laughs> luckily i'm in that i i can be in that position um
3: if they approached you with the whole you might have to have a paper with you in, in case you're pulled over or whatever saying like here i am an essential person or whatever
2: i don't think they do that in Monroeville.
1: yes they do
3: yep they, they absolutely really? do
1: oh, they've got have, it at the dollar nothing, store
2: i've heard nothing about it
1: Because it's going to be, it's illegal. If you don't have
2: to yet, it may be coming.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's illegal to be on the highways if you're not going to an essential place or work for an essential place.
2: Well, I'm sure I'll get taken care of. My bosses are keeping everything above the board, so that's all. Like, my boss is making people check their temperatures before they come in. Good. And if he doesn't believe you, he will check your temperature when you get there
0: dude i'm checking my temperature like five times a day <laughs>
1: <laughs> and you haven't you know, even left the it house. sucks because i have
0: seasonal allergies too so like i wake up in the morning and i have a hard time breathing and i got a headache and my head my nose is all stuffed up and i'm thinking up oh, is it gonna die <laughs> here we go and I go in the bathroom and i take my temperature and like i usually run a little cold anyway so i'm like oh okay you know 97.1 all right not a big deal and then It's like, like I said, it's pouring outside today, so everything's kind of running colder. So even though I have the heat in my house set for like 68, there's a little bit of a chill in here. So I'm like, am I catching a fever? And I go take my temperature, and it's like, up 98.9. I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I start (laughs) freaking the fuck out.
2: I know that feeling well. Uh, I was just on uh, the Odd Dad Out podcast uh, for the last two weeks doing an interview, and uh, in the first part of the interview... I told him as you know, since the cancer and everything and especially now with this, everything my body does, it convinces me immediately I'm dying. Yep. Like I I get I have a uh, a bad got... fart moving through me and I'm like, I'm dying It's the PTSD. I know. Um It's very real. <laughs> so Rob, what are you doing to, during the uh lockdown to stave off cabin fever?
0: Uh well I had I did some uh like landscaping I guess around my house. Uh I live in a uh, like a community so we have certain uh parameters that we have to maintain uh, the perimeters of our house and stuff. And I got some weeds that were coming through uh, like by the curb by my sidewalk, so I'd already had some weed killers so I spent a day pulling some weeds spraying stuff down. There was like nobody else around me that was coming outside the house. I'm like, cool, I'll get outside, get some fresh air.
2: And you got weed Uh, killers so even if they didn't come at you, you could just be like, (laughs) back. Yeah, Cleaned the dryer
0: vent uh, on the outside of my house, went over all the caulk on my windows and stuff. Uh, my Steam library has grown by like four or five games, uh, none of which I am any good at whatsoever. Uh, I, I found out, uh, I re-found out how horrible I am at first-person shooters because uh, I play me some uh, some Hearthstone. <laughs> And since they're Activision, now they have uh, Call of Duty Warzone, which is basically Fortnite, but in the Call of Duty universe. And I'm like, ah, it's a free download, free to play. Cool. Let me check this out. So I download it. You go through like the, you know, the whole tutorial training mode kind of thing. And the training mode does what it's supposed to do, it makes you feel like you're a badass. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Join match. Three, two, one. So how does this bang, dead. (laughs)
2: that's that's why I don't play those kind of
0: games (laughs) four more matches like that and I'm like yeah I think I'm done for the day on this yeah I'm just horrible
2: I think I played Fortnite for a grand total of like ten minutes (laughs) like I I, I went to go play with the Be The BTI guys and after like two matches I was like where I just died really quickly and I was like trying to be careful you know I'm I'm like trying to be smart about it Cause I used to play a bunch of counter strike in the dorms back in the day. So I'm just I'm going about doing my thing and then suddenly I'm dead. Like what thirty seconds into the first match. Second match, like two minutes in, I'm like, Alright, I'm not dead after thirty seconds. I haven't accomplished anything, but I am not dead, <laughs> yeah. and then I'm dead. And I was just like, you know what, guys? Ball all for squad love and all that and squad up and you know like I, I really wish I could be part of your team but I just don't think I, I make the cut
1: that's just not yeah. fun
0: <laughs> it's it's really not you know yeah, when you, you when, you're, when your call of duty handle becomes bait it's not it's not a fun time to play
3: <laughs> um, nobody on an online presence has killed me but I've learned that Doom Eternal turn up this challenge a good bit and I'm playing on fucking normal mode
2: I heard Nightmare
3: Difficulty is like the way to go. That's what I heard. Yeah, it's fun. I generally start every game on hard mode, which is how I just most games I do. And this one, I'm like, I'll play it on normal just to see how this is going. And Boy, it'll surprise you. I mean, every enemy is gunning for you. But I do like with the bigger screen and the more enemies on screen, a lot of them are fighting each other as well. Oh, that's cool. Huh? Yeah. there's ever a time where it's like a straight up hell spawn enemy, it will attack any of like the human enemies that have turned into like, you know, the hell spawn that they are. So any of the right. soldiers that have been possessed, now they're fighting the imps or vice versa. Huh. There you go. So it's kind of fun to aggro up fights with them and uh, Cacodemon. I don't. Remember, if you guys remember in the first game, they would just spit stuff at you. Well, now they have lunging bites of like huge range, and they will kill you in two hits in about one second if you let them.
2: Oh, Becky, your inability to provide that game for me is uh, really upsetting. <laughs> Excuse
1: <laughs> me, I can't help that I'm unemployed <laughs> and super poor.
2: Yeah, I am working Say- just to have that game. <laughs> I've been playing
0: uh, Fallen Order for the past couple days because it was on sale on Steam. (laughs) It's a good game. It's a very pretty game, and it is a very fun game. But, like, I am the opposite of Joe. When it's, uh, like, choose your difficulty, I'm like, I don't want to pussy out and be the guy who went through the first run on story mode. So I'll go one step up from there. (laughs) Right. Man, I'm going to tell you, I'm getting a little frustrated with how far apart some of these save points are. Yes. Uh, yeah. The fact that you can, okay, you can heal yourself, but it's like a fifteen-second process yeah. to actually heal yourself, and you usually need that in the thick of battle, which doesn't happen. Uh, I fight my way finally through like seven stormtroopers down this slidey ice forest path thing. I know where you get at. to the end two hit points left and some fucking dirt mole climbs itself out of the <laughs> ground next to me and hits me and knocks me off a cliff Yeah, and I go back a mile and a half to the last save point oh, no. and that's when I'm like okay what other game am I going to play today?
2: Um, Joe and I when we reviewed the game we both kind of had the same opinion which is that uh, Jedi Fallen Order is like you said a very pretty game and uh, yeah. it, it but we both agreed that it was a game that was going to be defined by its sequels because it right now it we both agreed that it felt like a bunch of borrowed mechanics cobbled together to create a Jedi game. and it's not that it's unplayable. it's a fu- it's a it's a perfectly fine game um, like but it doesn't do any of the systems it's taking from other games as well as the, as the games it's taking them from, okay. You know what I mean? Like, the combat is obviously very Dark Souls slash Bloodborne slash Sekiro-inspired, where you're managing stamina, you gotta have, like, pr- like proper parry timing, you know, a lot of, like, it's, it's defensive-based, but it doesn't do the combat as satisfying as Dark Souls does. Okay. Like, I never... In, in Jedi Fallen Order, I could never find the... the proper rhythm for, like, a single attack. You know what I mean? Like, just to hit my button and swing my lightsaber felt like the timing was always bizarre because I never knew exactly which lightsaber move he was going to do or, like, you know, like, if he was going to attack in the right direction. It just did not feel as properly weighted and, like, kind of paced as Dark Souls combat. And the other thing is that in Dark Souls you know, you, you block an opponent's attack, or you parry their attack, you get a chance to kind of counter-attack. And in Jedi, right. there's, there's a lot of instances where you can perfectly parry a blow, but until you get the thing in the skill tree that gives you slow down time when you perfectly parry, you just, like, you perfectly parry, the guy takes a stagger, and then before you can get an attack animation registered and following up from your block he's already attacking you again. So it feels like, you know, at a certain point, I I, I got upset with the fact of, like, I'm supposed to be a Jedi. I should be faster, more in tuned than these guys. And yet, these Stormtroopers are getting the drop on me because I can't go from a parry to an attack in a smooth and fast manner.
0: Yeah, the attack does feel very button mashy. Um... I can't tell you how many times, like, even against one stormtrooper, like, I'll run up on him and I'll start hitting the A button, but it's never, like, attack, attack, parry, attack. It's, like, right? and then he's dead, and Cal's still sitting there, ha, ha, ha. Huh, swinging the lightsaber the dude's down <laughs> just because it's still cycling through all the, the, the mashes that I did.
2: Yeah, and even um, and even if you don't mash it, like, I know for a fact that, like, you, you'll be, you know, guy comes at you, he's got, he does his like, wind up for his swing so you go, okay, I'm gonna parry, so you parry at the right point you block his attack, he stumbles, and you go, oh he stumbled, I'm going to now hit my attack button. So you literally the button sequence you're doing is like parry attack like it's there's no gap between it there's no time you know you've got the parry so you automatically put in the attack button but then by the time he goes from the parry animation to the attack animation your enemy has already recovered and is now blocking your attack and you're just like well that was pointless. What's yeah. the point of getting yeah, a perfect I parry? Had if I had such a different it.
3: experience than the both of you. Playing on hard mode, it actually felt like I was doing a parry as if I was playing Dark Souls because in Dark Souls, you get a small window. You have to be precise. So I almost found it easier to do pull off the parry in combat when it was like, you will absolutely be rewarded for doing this right. And that went fairly well for me.
2: <laughs> also, I will say because that I think the, with larger... the window
3: being that short.
2: Yeah. I see. I had the opposite experience. I spent a lot of the game kind of going, "Oh my god! I parried him. Why can't I just land the counterattack? There's no delay in my button press. Why isn't he landing the attack?" And I also think like the combat, like the s- some of the fight, the fights one on one in Fallen Order are really cool. Um, like the one uh, you fight on uh, Dathomir is really cool, the one on one fight, but. I feel like again the the larger enemies in the game the lar- the large scale bosses play better than the smaller bosses because like Dark Souls like uh the the smaller enemies uh p- their animations are a lot harder to track and like it seems like especially the final boss in the game it just seems like oh so my job is just to die because you're not giving me li- literally any windows to get anything done. That was, the right. fight that, that was the fight I had the most trouble with in the game. It's just like this. I have no place to attack because I'm spending all my time watching your animations. And then three of your animations have the exact same windup. So I have to wait longer to decide what to do. Yeah. I, I like Jedi I mean, Fall I'm Order. enjoying
0: it so far. Yeah. I like some of the mechanics for it. Um, I blow through all my force. I will slow the fuck down out of everything with that little force pause thing. Yeah. So I'm constantly blowing through that. But it's cool. I haven't been to Dathomir yet. I went right from uh, the starting world that you're on to Zepho. Um And I realize I'm way late to this game, too, but... It has been a very long time since I have convinced myself that it's okay to spend 60 bucks on a video game. I so, that. it's on discount for Steam this week for like 37, so I'm like, yeah, you know what, 37 I can spend.
2: I believe I got it 50% off, and that was probably the only reason I even Oh, there you go.
0: Yeah, I, no, I would have done the same thing at that point. But there's a lot of games where I'm like, hey, that game's that. Yeah, no, I can't spend 60 bucks on that. How could
2: I do it? Last night I played Horizon Zero Dawn, and I actually made it out of the first hour of the game, and I'm really (laughs) proud of myself. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Because most uh, RPG-ish games, like... I I feel like... I feel like... And, Rob, you played D&D, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I figured you were were into that thing. You seem the appropriate level of nerd. Um... You know, the thing about a and d game is you gotta hook your, ca- your players, you know? And I feel like so many RPGs are just front-loaded with boring tutorials and kind of, like, a general aimlessness feeling. Like, one of the things I really liked about The Witcher 3 was that The Witcher 3, like, by the time you, that you have control of Geralt, you feel like, okay, I got some shit to do. Whereas, like... Kingdom Come Deliverance, another game that I just started, and I, I do want to play, and I, I'm i really interested to play it, but it does kind of start you off with just fart around town for a while.
3: <laughs> I mean, you can actually knock that whole part out in like literally 10 minutes, but that's after you've seen yeah. who to go talk to real quick and get everything done.
2: And you know what to do, <laughs> you know, yeah. Although I did have so, a lot of, I did have a lot of fun in Kingdom Come Deliverance, punching that guy in the back of the head. Yeah. That guy, that drunk guy that stole, that won't pay your dad for the, the axe and the nails and hammer. The hammer. Yeah, I went back with my buddies, and while my buddies were talking, I snuck up behind him and punched him in the head four times. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I downloaded Witcher Three uh, again. It was like part of Steam's Lunar Sale. I think it was like. Eighteen bucks for Witcher Three and oh, like the price. two or three download content ones. That's really. Uh, and I had also made the mistake of downloading uh, Grand Theft Auto Five on the same sale, and I went through Grand Theft Auto 5 first. Uh, the only other Grand Theft Auto game because I was an Xbox guy back in the day, uh, I had played Vice City for maybe an hour it's the on best. the original Xbox. It's the uh, best one because I'm not super good on like open-world sandbox games. I was much more of like a World of Warcraft kind of guy where you have to tell me, hey, go here, hey, go here, hey, look for this exclamation point.
2: Right, right. Uh,
0: If left to my own devices, I will steal motorcycles and Lamborghinis. I will jump them off the highest parking garage I can find. And when I get bored of that, I'm going to put a different game in the machine. (laughs)
1: Yeah. So GTA
0: V did a really good job of kind of leading you through the story to get from mission to mission to mission to mission. After I finished that, I went to Witcher 3, and I had gotten so spoiled by the autosave after every mission for GTA Five. Oh, boy. That I got out of the tavern, fight the three drunk guys, like right in the beginning of Witcher 3, yep. got on my horse... Rode through here, picked a shit ton of herbs, went to the military garrison, talked to this dude, fought these people, went out to the field, found the sick girl in the fucking uh, apothecary chick's cabin went to do this, did two other things, found the broken cart down by the river and then went to get the fucking drowned brain thing for the potion for the girl. Right. Died and came <laughs> walking back out of the tavern
2: to fight the three drunk guys.
1: And oh. at that point, and
2: at that point you're just like, I'm done. Yeah.
1: Put
0: the game away haven't yep. picked it up since. That was 4 weeks ago.
2: I had a like, similar nope. I had a similar experience where I was just kind of running around trying to like complete each map before I left it. And I got into like the big open map and I just r- was running around and randomly accidentally like I started a quest just by striking up a conversation with a guy and like it never gave me the option of like do you want to do this quest or not? Or at least I didn't notice it doing that for me or the the dialogue it gave me was didn't make it obvious like hey, you're accepting a quest if you choose this option in dialogue. And I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. It like, I just clicked on it, and then it was like, all right, I need your help. Meet me by, down by the docks at midnight. And I'm like, I go, okay. And then I check my quest board, and it's like level 13, and I'm like, level 7. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. no, I'm not doing that. And then, like, midnight came, and, like, av- at the stroke of midnight, it's like, you didn't go to the docks. That dude's dead. And I was like, well, fuck. <laughs> That's bullshit. I didn't know this game was going to work like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, Witcher 3 is another game that, depending on how long this quarantine lasts, I'm sure I'm probably going to get right back into it. Because now, like you said, now I have no guilt about, like, I'm going to sit down and play a video game for five hours. Yep. Because what else am I going to do? Now, are you playing through a console? yeah okay yeah um I don't really use my computer much for gaming even though I could the like Bethesda released uh the pc version of doom eternal with like the in-house uh in-house uh what do you call it the 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 engine like the mm-hmm. the unlock so like people who bought the ga- people who bought the game were just like oh I guess. I guess just the f- the free version, like it's cracked already. All you got to do is just access this one file. So like right. within within 24 hours of being online, it or uh, of being out, like all the PC ports are cracked.
1: Wow. So,
2: so I could just get it for my PC and play it if I want to be a badass, <laughs> but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah really
0: like steam it. steam is currently running sale on the entire witcher franchise i great games i keep hearing that like a lot of my coworkers, workers like oh my god you're gonna love this game so much every time i go to work they're like so how far did you get i'm like eh, i haven't really really played it a whole lot lately
2: <laughs> that's that's how i am with games like that too though so don't feel too bad
0: I like it's i don't think it's a game that i would have normally bought anyway it was one of those things where i had heard such good things about it and you know the thing was on the tv show was on netflix everybody's making a big deal <laughs> about it it was like oh for for 13 dollars, i can get the main game and the two expansion packs nah, i've spent 13 bucks on dumber shit let me give it a <laughs> shot like that was the really the driving factor behind me picking it up
2: now, this is where Joe's going to so, jump in and say that it's, a, it's an amazing game and we all need to play it because Joe has actually no,
3: played it. <laughs> I, I, I would not do that because, well, t- two reasons. One, when you if I'm to explain how playing The Witcher works, okay, you could binge one season of a television show, right? The Witcher came out one season. We could all right. binge that. Yeah. The Witcher 3 is ten seasons of a show, and people yeah. want to get far. They want to get good immediately. They get frustrated, and then they don't. Like, Matt, I love you, but there's no way you're ever going to get anywhere in that game. You're going to get frustrated (laughs) way too quickly. I would would have traded it in by now if I were you. But But I
2: I love shit like that. Like, here's the thing, though. I don't have a Skyrim experience with The Witcher 3. Like, The Witcher 3 is, by definition, a role-playing game. It's not exactly my preferred method of role-playing game, but it is a role-playing game because you are playing the role of Geralt and you are encouraged to make the decisions that Geralt would make and not the decisions that you would make. Unlike a game like Skyrim, where it's just like, yeah, you're a super special chosen guy and you can do anything and your character has really no limitations or drawbacks to it. So just go around and just be the chosen one. and Do whatever. Do whatever. Doesn't matter. (laughs) So... Yeah, I I, I know that whenever I do get into The Witcher, it's going to be a long process. Same thing with like Monster Hunter World. That's another game that it's gorgeous. I really want to play it. But the problem, the real big problem before is just that like I only ever played video games for like an hour at a time and maybe like two days, three days a week. So if I have a couple of busy weeks, I forget where I was in the game. And then when I go back to it, I'm just like, no, what was I doing? I don't remember. I don't want to do this. I want to play car soccer. (laughs) Oh, Rocket League? I love Rocket League.
0: That was like, so I have an Xbox One S that I bought when I was living up in uh, Union, town I was in before here. And I had uh, Madden 18 came with it uh i bought rocket league i bought wwe 2k uh 19 which i played for like 20 minutes and then put down because that game is horrible
3: was that the Uh, mega broken one or is 20 the super broken one
0: i don't know it was like the only one i'd ever played but i had friends out in uh chicago who played it like all the time so i'm like cool let me get this again no it was absolutely like the 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 key mapping was ridiculous Like when you pull up the little image that shows you, hey, this is what your keys do. It was, this is what all of your keys on your Xbox controller do if you're standing still. This is what they all do if you take a step backwards. This is what they all do if you take a step forwards. This is what they all do if you're laying down. Like, all 20 keys did something different depending on your orientation in the ring or whether you – I was like, you know what? No, can't deal with it.
3: It's the same symptom every 2K sports game suffers of. Like, their basketball games are the coolest thing that has ever been made of that type. But you would have to be able to play nothing else and really memorize all those controls. I played one of those WWE games, and where I did find it fun, I ended up finding out it's nothing but reversals. That's the whole game. Yeah. It's just reverse. Yep. It's just always reverse everything. And I was like, well, okay. I'm glad you have a reversal. But that's like the whole game is predicated on it.
0: Right. And there's. It's, it's all I counters, talked, all counter attacks, all counter attacks.
3: Story mode was infuriating. I'm playing a wrestling game. I'm to deduce by the fact I'm playing a competitive, what you can call a fighting game, that you should win your matches. Yeah. And that's not at all what it wants you to do. It wants you to play it like the television program and, like, take a dive at minute number four or make sure you lose by him doing this. I'm like, no. Yeah. You can get rid of all that crap and just let me play a game that I can just, like, try and win the match. And then I found out that's how they operate, and I lost interest entirely.
2: There there hasn't been a good wrestling game since the days of PlayStation like 1 or
3: 2, in
2: my opinion. Well, Matt, let's be
3: fair here. Have you ever played a wrestling game besides creating
1: characters?
2: (laughs) I will answer your question with another question, which is, what's the point of playing a wrestling game if you're not going to create a wrestler?
3: Right, but did you ever create a wrestler and play the game with him? Or did you just have yeah, like a no, memory yeah, card full
2: of wrestlers I totally did that. I totally did that. I did. I'm not lying. Well, <laughs> a hated. memory
0: card full of wrestlers that you made is the equivalent to a trapper keeper full of D and D characters.
2: I, I, it's true. I had a memory card. I, I had a literal memory PlayStation One memory card that was devoted to me and Noah's Nitro characters. Um. So I'm gonna give you one better. The
0: Dreamcast. Uh, I think it was uh, WWE Raw is War. Probably one of the best wrestling games for the time. And probably my second favorite wrestling game after uh, there was a Super Famicom one that you could play on the uh, Super Nintendo. That was like a port from the Japanese one. And that was fantastic. But the Raw is War one, you could create... Uh, A wrestler, you could go in and design their outfit. You could put text on the front of their shirt, on the back of their shirt. You could uh, piece together other wrestlers' theme songs and entrances and stuff to kind of customize your own. That was some serious level shit. The only thing that was terrible was the announcing. Because it was literally like uh, Shane McMahon and JR recorded like five lines each, (laughs) and that was it for the entire match. So it was just constantly them yelling the same stuff over and over again. And I like JR, but there's only so many times, whether it's a drop kick, whether you're thrown out of the ring, whether it's a punch to the face, whether it's, you know, uh, a kick out, oh my God, that you can hear that. (laughs) And you're just like, okay, please stop. So can we mute this or something? This is this is get out of control.
3: Um, Without question, did anybody get to play what was called, I think it was just called WWE All-Stars. I think it was a PlayStation 3 release. I did not. That was the best wrestling game ever made, still is, and nothing can touch it. Uh, Rob, are you familiar with that one where it's much more cartoony and over the top and they, they want no sense of realism in it? The last
0: one I ever played like that was WWF in your house, like on the PlayStation 2, which was a port of the arcade game, uh, where like if you held your power button and you were like uh, Vader, uh, your your fist would turn into like a giant ham.
3: Oh, it yeah. Was- that was the <laughs> Mortal Kombat slash Battletoads game.
2: Yes. Yep.
3: Yeah. Where they did the real life sprites and then just added ridiculous shit to them. So, yeah. yeah
2: I, I don't know, yeah. maybe it's me, but I feel like I peaked in my freshman year because I had a memory card full of like I had I had my dad as a wrestler. I had like the school <laughs> like the school awkward gangly nerd as a wrestler. I had I had made Michael Myers. And these are all PlayStation 1 things. Yep. I made my I made my friend Murph. My friend Murph, I did his whole career and he was a badass. <laughs> And we even got to give we were, a Black Sabbath shirt.
0: <laughs> we were actually uh, me and a couple of friends of mine had actually run uh, an online wrestling fed uh, like an e-fed where you would type out uh, like all of your mic works and interviews and stuff. Right. So if if you were if you were wrestling Joe, Joe would send us his uh, his mic work, you would send us your mic work and then the people who ran the fed would compare the two and grade them, and then we would write out uh, a match and base the win-loss off of who we thought had better stick work. Or <laughs> if you were fighting Joe, and then Becky sends me an email that's like, look, I'm gonna jump in and help Joe win, because I'm gonna hit Matt with a the chair, then like we would take all that stuff into, this was back when like Geocities was still a thing. So a lot of our Raw is War characters were made off of the Efed wrestlers that we had created and done for this Efed that we ran for like two years. That's awesome. It's like D and D, but for jock nerds. So,
3: well, Rob, I know you're an actual legit wrestling fan, right? You're still, you still. Watch I'll your- tell
0: you, not anymore. I haven't watched. I keep telling the story. The last time I watched an actual pay per view was well. I was actually at a WrestleMania party a couple years ago, but that was just because I hadn't seen the my friends who threw it for a while. Before that, the last time I actually watched wrestling uh, was when Ultimo Dragon slipped coming down the ramp at uh, his entrance in WrestleMania. And that had to be like 12 years ago, 15 years ago.
3: Well, I've, I found something very fascinating. Um, I'm a big fan of just all the... Uh, Retro stuff like I will still watch videos or interviews or podcasts with wrestlers from back in the day, and I find that fascinating. But oh yeah, right. Um, I am a fan of Stone Cold's podcast just because it's very good. The guy's just a genius behind a microphone. Right, it's just good. um But now I come to find out after listening to his newest one where he interviews Bret Hart, and it's like very. uh We're, we're going to use terms that Matt and Becky aren't going to understand, but it's a full shoot. Yeah, and. So these days, I don't know if you guys know about this, but with the coronavirus going down, they're still airing like their flagship shows, your, your Monday Night Raw or your whatever night SmackDown. Uh, and they're just doing it in empty arenas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's crazy to me.
1: That's
0: how they're going to broadcast WrestleMania from their, uh, from their training facility with yeah. no audience. Nobody so they will be had, here. they were going to be in like the the Tampa Bay Arena, whatever that the Tampa Bay uh, Sports Arena is called down there, uh, and that's they true. called it off, and they said, nope, we're just going to put it in like our little warehouse where we do all of our uh, like training facilities, and you know our guys get to work on their camera angle work and stuff, and we're just going to broadcast it from there with no audience.
3: Yeah, that's what something neat about that to me is like. Is really gonna show these guys talent wise, like I've always found it funny that Matt and Becky like have no interest, which is fine. Like we have things we like that each other don't like, and that's totally that's that's cool, that's just part of life. But these two love theater so much and the act of theater and improv improvisation and all those things, and that's what wrestling is.
2: Hey, don't don't act like I don't understand wrestling. I've What's never. That? I don't act like I don't understand wrestling. I don't shit on people for enjoying wrestling.
3: No, no, I'm never saying you would. Like or, or I, that you I do loved that wrestling
2: back in the day. I mean, I've like I feel like I like my interests have outgrown it, and that doesn't mean that I'm better for saying that. You know, I've outgrown it. I'm just saying, like, when I was a young kid, like I loved wrestling. I wrestled myself to like not, you know, obviously that kind of wrestling, but. You know, I did co- like uh, traditional athletics, wrestling, my whole life, and I loved
3: those things. Hey, how come the quality's getting all choppy? Oh,
2: I don't know. I don't know. It might just be the audio ducking on Skype. It does that sometimes. But I don't know if you guys heard, but I heard that uh, because ESPN is owned by ABC, and ABC used to be the company that aired all the old WrestleManias. That ESPN is now going to start airing like all the old classic WrestleManias.
3: I, I don't know if that's because the amount of PC stuff that would never fly today, that stuff's riddled with it. Yeah. Not- it's full of chauvinism and racism and just every word you're not allowed to say, everything you're not supposed to do these days. That shit's riddled with it.
0: But that doesn't. And I would be surprised if that happens because uh, they would save most of that stuff for the WWE network.
3: But right, they because they it. need to get that money. Because how many people got it for like a month and then had their fill and got rid of it? But yeah, I don't yeah. think the
2: WWE Network owns the rights to those, those original WrestleManias.
3: Well, they have the whole library. You see, when, when the other companies went ass up, the WWE bought all of their content and their entire video libraries for pennies on the dollar. They own every wrestling thing ever. They have an archive of all of it, and they own every scrap. It sounds like we're all floating in a canoe oh. down a river.
1: <laughs> that sounds lovely. I wish it were true.
3: Well, so, we, need a, from we have to that, go like, movies.
1: What I'm
0: reading here is that they're doing it for three Sundays. Uh, the Disney-owned sports media giant will air classic WrestleMania events on its flagship cable network and stream them on its mobile app. Uh... Commences Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern, which is the it was yesterday.
2: So, the, uh, so was what the first
0: Sunday that it started.
2: Yeah, I'm looking at the same thing. So, what it sounds like they're doing is they're, uh, um, they're going to be editing
3: around things. Oh, they're going to be dubbing a lot of language. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and you know, it makes sense that they're doing this because there's no basketball or football or hockey or anything else to show, so they're trying to figure out other sports stuff that they can kind of try to fill the voids with.
2: Yeah. Uh, I've, I've seen a lot of those, like, marble races on Facebook.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: My hat
2: was telling me about that
0: the other day.
3: I watched some about Jimmy Fallon doing his show from home now. Yeah. <laughs> I, was rather, I was rather enjoying it. It was, it was kind of charming and, and, like, how kind of unprepared, but he's still giving it his best shot kind of deal.
1: Stephen Colbert did the same thing.
3: I heard. I didn't watch that. It was something... He changed the spelling of his name somehow. I can't remember what the gag was, but I probably will watch it. I'm a big fan of him.
1: I don't know. I just We were just watching it, and he was in his backyard by himself. It was pretty awkward because he was still holding for laughs, and there were no laughs to be had. That was oh, hilarious. The, the one thing weird. I was going to
0: say about Joe, the, I saw a video where... Uh, Austin and uh, Becky Lynch were in the ring, and I guess they had had a beef in the past, and they kind of settled their differences and did like a big, you know, Steve Weiser beer toast kind of thing. But the thing I thought was hysterical is Austin's got the mic, and Austin's going through his Austin thing, and he walks up on the ropes, and he's like, If you're with Steve Austin, can I get a hell yeah? And then holds the mic out. Okay to an empty arena and <laughs> waits and I'm like like I get I get it but if you're adapting to the situation <laughs> and you're still going to put your show on with no audience in the arena then maybe take the interaction stuff out it's just what you know what I mean? used yeah. to like I mean, I'm, envisioning, I... I'm envisioning this happening in the days of DX and, you know, them all being in the ring going, I got two words for you. And then just kind of doing the whole listening to the audience and there's nothing. And then they go around <laughs> high five each other like they heard it <laughs> phantomly. And I'm oh, like, I love it. it's yeah, kind of silly. That's awesome.
3: I- it's, well, it's like if anybody gets a pass there, it would definitely be Steve Austin because that dude is just so naturally funny as hell.
0: He does have really good timing for, for, he's like a rock in that, in that respect. They're not comedy characters, but they have great timing. So
3: yeah, they just, they know how to work people. And you got to take a guy like Steve Austin. Cause I've always admired the fact that he actually had an amazing physical prowess, but then he gets his neck broken for real in right. front of thousands of people. Like it really happened. He really broke his neck and really ruined his career. Mm-hmm. And then he comes back and can do three things. <laughs> and that was his whole shtick. It's like he's still the, oh, Steve Austin, still the baddest son of a bitch or lace-up pair of boots. But it's like, yeah, but you can't you can't do anything anymore. But he kept wrestling. <laughs> it's the funniest shit in the world to me.
2: That's
0: weird. And that was a really good Steve Austin impersonation there, Joe. I'm going to give it to you. <laughs> Thank
2: you. Uh, going back to doing a show without an audience, yeah, it was really funny watching Stephen Colbert do his show from home, remotely, and clearly he has no comfort in the format of, like, it is just me and a camera and I am talking to the camera. Um, uh, because he just, like, like video essays and all that stuff, like, he has, he has obviously never seen any of that stuff because... He did just, like, kept, like... You could see it written on the cue cards. Even though you couldn't see the cue cards. That said, (laughs) like, pause for laughs. Because he would tell a joke, and then he would pause for just, like, ten seconds. And it would just be so awkward and funny. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's just like, what are you doing? Keep talking, man. Like, I'll stop it if I'm laughing too hard. (laughs) It it is funny how... uh... Like the lack of,
0: I'll call it technology, and by that I mean, yeah, you got these guys who are used to having camera crews and gaffers and sound guys and all this stuff are now like doing their shit from their iPhones at their house. Like how uncomfortable they are doing this kind of stuff. Right. Um. I've I've been watching uh, Nadia G lately because she kind of started up her bitchin' kitchen stuff again through her Patreon.
2: Did so that, did, her show ended. I haven't been following the that. Oh show. yeah,
0: her show hasn't been around for a bit now. Well, no, no new episodes or anything.
2: Well, I'm um, not surprised because I remember when her show came out and they had like that ad for it and she made some like George Clooney, like, yeah, comment like about how George Clooney is like sexy or hot or something, and I was just like, oh my god, here they have like a gorgeous alternative, like, woman who is cooking she's tatted up and has that cool, like, suicide girl look and they have her making jokes for 60-year-old women. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> but, uh, so the first episode was... She was saying, you know, first episode, we're going to stream. You can get it through the Patreon. So I'm on her Patreon, and I'm sitting there. It's 9 o'clock Pacific, so midnight Eastern. And I'm sitting there on her Patreon until about quarter after 1 in the morning. Nothing ever comes on. So message her through the Patreon, go, hey, not sure what happened or if I was in the wrong place. Dah, dah, dah. Oh, it turns out she does it through her Instagram, but then uploads after it's saved to her Patreon. Okay, cool. So a lot of people complain about it. So she goes, well, we're going to do it through Facebook Live. So they go to do it through Facebook Live the next week, and they couldn't figure out how to do uh, landscape. So they started the recording with the cell phone up and down, And then turned the cell phone sideways, which doesn't automatically reorientate. So the first 10 minutes of the show were sideways. (laughs) And then when people in the chat were trying to tell them, hey, it's wrong, they went to correct it. And whoever was doing her, quote unquote, camera work through her iPhone 11 hit the camera flip button. So the next 10 (laughs) minutes we hear Nadia talking, but all we see is the camera person sideways (laughs) on the phone. That's amazing. Um, and it was just like so they just went back to Instagram uh, because they couldn't figure out the whole Facebook live thing (laughs) (laughs) but uh, I mean there's I got a friend who uh, his wife teaches uh, music lessons like in people's homes and she's like I don't know how I'm supposed to like, you know, teach people the flute or the piano when we're doing this remotely through a webcam and there's delay and you can't be right next to them. I said, I don't know why you're stressing about this. They don't know how to take remote lessons. So it's not like, you know, you're going to be trying to teach them and the seven-year-old on the other end of the camera is going to be like, oh my God, this is horrible. Like (laughs) nobody's done this shit before. Everybody's got like a big uh, grace period to figure out how to make this shit work.
1: Yeah. Hopefully, we'll all be a little more technologically smart.
3: We can all just relish in this gift that we have in time here where we all can just watch everybody suck at being professional.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's pretty great. This
3: is, this is a gift.
1: <laughs> I'm sure it's humbling for a lot of people i mean this
3: is a gift for me right now like i've never done the podcast in my underwear on my couch cuddling with my dog smoking whenever i feel like it (laughs) yeah that sounds like a dream (laughs) i'll tell you it's pretty cozy i think we might get some of that rain that rob's talking about i got the window open right now and the overcast is getting darker and darker as well as the sun's beginning to go down
2: yeah it looks like it's gonna rain
3: you know, the the northeast
0: from us is getting snow today.
3: We got a good inch last night.
1: Yeah, we got we we sent that over to you. It was you guys, dumb.
2: You guys got your Nor'easter out there in Jersey yet? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that was. <laughs> that's that's my main that, accent. That's your
1: main accent. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Oh, is that what it was? My, it's my, me and r- the old guy from Pet Cemetery. It
2: is. It's exactly the old guy from Pet Cemetery, but it's also a rural Maine accent.
1: Well, yeah, because every well, character every king,
3: okay. every king, everything has to take place in Maine, of course. Yes,
1: exactly. that's so like,
3: it sounded
0: family. like Arnold's and the Pepperidge Farm guys' love child.
2: <laughs> um. So, anybody who wants to have a have a good time, this isn't. This isn't PC. This is the kind of comedy you can't do anymore. But uh, uh, if you want to have a fun treat, watching Dana Carvey and Stephen Colbert doing some funny stuff, look up "Skinheads from Maine" from the Dana Carvey show. Make I'm sure that's funny.
3: Boy, is Dana it Carvey
2: hard. has a show. He had a show in the nineties. It's on Hulu. Yeah, it was
3: it was like a Fox primetime deal too. It was like a big deal when it came out. It was yeah. in like that Simpsons hour block.
2: Yep. Uh there's a great documentary about it called the uh called Too Funny to Fail. Because that show the Dana Carvey show was like I think ninety two or ninety three it was made. And uh it had Dana Carvey, Stephen Colbert, Steve Carell, um uh, who else? Uh I think Dino Stamatopoulos. I don't know. I, anyway, if you watch the documentary, you will be unbe- you will be like, this is insane how many hilarious people that are now super big stars are on this show. But one of the sketches they did was Colbert and Carvey playing skinheads from Maine. So they're just sitting out on a porch rocking in rocking chairs, Whitland Wood going Storms a coming. I yeah. Weather's well, the only thing the Jews don't control. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> God, it's just—it's very funny. I, I, especially, uh, I'd pre-recommend it now. Of course, it's—you know—it's not PC. It's not something people would get away with from. But it's—it's
1: it's funny. It's yeah, just a but funny clearly, idea. clearly, clearly, those uh, people are not hateful. people. Oh, of course so. not. No, it's
2: it's it's. It's it's really funny just because it's a it's a funny premise. It's the kind of thing where it's just right. like, do you think there are two, like old country skinheads in Maine, the most northern place in the, the, the U.S. Just sitting out on their porch being racist,
1: <laughs> as, as they're wont to do. As they're to do.
3: I damn near blew a funny fuse the other night. I love watching old vintage um, SNL sketches that are, luckily for my sake, riddling YouTube now. Yeah, and there's a bunch of ones like that were cut from the show, but were still fully filmed, which blows my mind because they're so much better than many things I've seen. But there was this fantastic sketch of like Kevin Nealon, Adam Sandler, Chris Farley, David Spade, um, Tim Meadows, like that that whole group. And they're all hanging out at the beach on this dock, and Adam Sandler's the only one with his shirt off. And he starts explaining to the other guys, guys, it's a beautiful day. Why don't you take your shirt off? Well, as the bit goes on, as he coerces each one, one by one, to remove their shirt, they have a horrible flaw that they hide from the world that they'll never take their shirt off the show. So, say Kevin Neon takes off his shirt, his nipples are five inches long.
2: Uh, Jesus Christ. (laughs)
3: And every one that goes is, is, like, exponentially funnier than the other. And it's, the, it's one of the funniest fucking SNL skits I've ever seen in my life. That's right on. awesome. I have to recommend everybody watch that one. I was losing my shit.
2: All right. Anybody else got a pre-recommendation they want to give out for the week?
0: Uh, if you haven't been watching either on Hulu or on, I believe it's uh, Fox, uh, Lego Masters.
2: I fucking that love sh- that show. That show is the shit. <laughs> I, I love that show because it's like, number one, I love Legos, and I feel like I'm pretty good at Lego. But uh I watched the show and I'm just like I could not do that.
1: Like no. it, it's impressive.
2: Like in the tar- I couldn't build Le- no matter how good
0: I am, I couldn't build Legos for fourteen hours straight. That's
2: not happening. Well, I could, but if you give me a wealth of options, I'll never be able to make a decision.
0: <laughs> Dude, like the longest Great British Bake Off challenge I've seen was like four and a half hours. And here it's like, oh, you're going to build tiny plastic bricks for 15 hours. And then we're going to take it and we're going to blow it the fuck up. Like, that's, gar- that shows crazy, but awesome. I guarantee they're spreading that out, though.
1: Oh yeah! I mean, I think it's...
0: you would you would have to. You well, can't like not eat or take a leak for fourteen hours while you're right. building. Can you imagine? They'd be getting the shakes like around hour twelve. You know? <laughs> my blood sugars falling. I can't put the gear on this Technics brick. No, fuck from, that.
2: And just from my experience, what I'm guessing is they probably do a schedule where it's like you probably have like Sunday off. Monday they're doing their. Monday they're probably doing their f- like first five first part of the like five hours. Tuesday they're doing Tuesday they're probably doing interviews from the previous days five hours. Then they're probably doing five more hours, and the next day doing interviews, like that off and on, and probably doing one show a week. So they're because I know from experience that like <laughs> uh, like we we're doing the food truck race. They were like, hey, you need all your cl- you need like multiple pairs outfits of the same clothes we're like why they're like because people should not be able to tell friday from saturday because if we want yeah. to use saturday's footage for friday we need to be able to do that
1: you need to look exactly the same
2: so those people are probably like they're they probably spend a lot of time it's probably a lot of hurry up and wait you know hurry up and get to the show and then stand around while like you know, Will Arnett talks to people, and like things get all set up, and then they go, "Okay, now we're going to do your entrance." And then they turn on the cameras, and you walk in. And all right, now we're going to take a, a break for lunch, and then we're going to come back and do the challenge.
0: Yeah, you're probably right. We're uh, we're in talks trying to get one of them on uh, the podcast.
1: Oh, that's awesome! Nice.
0: Yeah, I it's. It's really touch and go because, like, they wanted a whole bunch of metrics and everything else, and I'm like, we're not really in it for the metrics. We're just, you know, we're out there shooting our shot. So right. let us know. Yeah. So we'll we'll see. But
2: uh. Well, good luck on that.
0: I'm I I'm really digging it <laughs> so far. It's a really cool show.
2: <clears throat> I, yeah, I really enjoy it. Becky. That's do you have awesome. a pre recommendation?
1: I you know I have not had a lot of luck uh so far during this quarantine. As far as things I've been watching. Do you want to um, give a, a warning? I Yeah, I have an anti-pre-recommendation.
2: <laughs> Ooh.
1: Uh, American Horror Story. 1984. Sucks. Yeah, I could have told you that show sucked from 20 minutes well, into the first season. All right, all right. I've only ever seen the first season. I've heard horrible things about most of the seasons. And this is the, God, I don't know, like the 14th season or something ridiculous. Eighth. No, uh, it's for Ninth. Ninth. Ninth, thank you. Uh, it's really bad. And I wanted it to be so good, just like when I watched the first season, because horror as a television show? It doesn't work. Awesome. But no, it doesn't. And I oh. thought this one would be wonderful and right up my alley because I love friday the 13th and uh slasher movies and this is clearly taking from that um and it really just sucks i i tried to hold out for like five episodes and it just got so convoluted there are so many different things happening and different twists coming up in every single episode that it's just frustrating horror cannot work serialized
3: yeah i Uh, gotta wonder how badly they want to make this child's play series and from what i hear about it i am interested but i just can't see how it's going to get pulled off
1: yeah
0: i'm going to disagree with you there that it can't work serialized it's i think it's rough for you to come in on a season like 1984 without really kind of understanding how the formula for American Horror Story works. Once, like, once the, the first it's... season got out of the way, once they started getting into where every season was a different take on stuff, mm-hmm. uh, they, like, 84 even threw me a bit, like, once it got halfway through the season, because it just felt like it went from one kind of good cohesive story to well now they're just taking everything that could be tangentially assumed to be a 1980s kind of horror trope and we're all just throwing it against the wall and seeing what sticks
1: right um but that
0: has been the it show does kind the of beginning. hash itself out by the end of that season i actually facebook messaged matt and image uh our episode that we're posting tomorrow is actually had and i talking about uh ahs 84 oh really um yeah Weird, but uh, <laughs> my favorite seasons were the seasons that had the witches in them. So, Coven was really good, and Apocalypse was really good. I loved both of those. Okay. Um, Freak Show was pretty good, Hotel was good. A lot of the other ones, just like I couldn't really stand. Um, but it was more the topic of those as opposed to the way they pulled them off. Um, it's also very weird too because. They also can run the same kind of problem that, like, the broken lizard guys had, the guys who did uh, Super Troopers and Club Dead and stuff. Uh, Club Dead didn't go over really well because it was the same group of guys, but they were all playing different archetypes in Club Dead.
3: Right. So, with each other, off of each other, how they so naturally are good at.
0: Yeah, well, especially if you've seen Super Troopers and you kind of really enjoy and fall in love with the comedy in that movie all of a sudden now you're watching Club Dead and Farva's the hero and Ramathorn's like the dumb guy and it's like, but that's not, that that doesn't work so it really kind of threw people because they were kind of playing against type and American Horror Story does that a lot because every season is a completely different show with new characters even though the seasons kind of tie together with each other but mm. you'll get somebody playing an awesome character one season, and now they're playing the stupid character the next season. So it, it can be very like culture shockish. But ah, uh, I, I, no lie, it took me four separate tries to get through the first season. Um,
2: <coughs> well,
0: but there are seasons I are like and there are seasons I don't.
2: Yeah. See, here's my issue: is that I don't believe horror works very well serialized because there is always 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 going to be a, a diminishing a factor of diminishing returns the longer the show goes on because horror it has to be like for the most part it has to be contained that's why a horror anthology show works but when you have to follow a character episode to episode to episode the tension will gradually decrease and decrease yeah. especially when like what i saw in uh, american horror story 1984 where There are so many twists where every episode has, like, a twist or two in it. You'd stop caring because you just know that nothing you are seeing is permanent. Everything is going to be unraveled and further... Like, they're just going to continue unraveling it until there's nothing left. Because they're not sticking to anything concrete. There is no theme. There is no real... Uh, driving force. There's no one to root for. It's twists for twists' sake. And I felt the same way about the first season where, like, the first season, like I said, I only watched, I I think I watched, like, three episodes. But once I realized, I was like, oh, they just write this show by going, like, let's do a 1980s movie one. And then they just throw a bunch of stuff into a hat like, everybody write down words or things that make you think of 1980s horror. We're going to put them all in a hat. Every time we get written into a corner, we're just going to pull something out of the hat and make it work.
1: Yeah, they borrowed a lot. I didn't I didn't hate the first season, though. I did. If I remember correctly. I felt
2: it was generic and tropey. And, like, it, as a horror fan, I was insulted because I could see everything coming three steps away. Because it was just like, oh, now they're going to do the this Movie. The
1: Rosemary's Baby thing. Yeah. Now they're gonna
2: do the Rosemary's Baby thing. Now they're gonna do the Shining thing. Now they're gonna do this thing. Now they're gonna do that thing. And you're just like, I get it. You saw horror movies, but I have two <laughs> yeah.
0: But that's, I mean, that was that was the theme.
2: You know what I mean? And, and that's again, that's not they, a theme. That's a construct. Well. Like, like that, that's a that's a, it can be both. <laughs> Can it,
0: Rob? No, I'm serious. The first season was called Murder House. So any any movie or any concept that you've seen where there was you know some sort of uh, haunted house or or uh, whether it's Amityville Horror or Shining or anything like that, they're gonna they're gonna try to put uh, callbacks and tropes to that into that type of season, which is what they did with uh, with eighty four.
2: Did you see all of eighty four?
1: No, I've seen the first five episodes, I think.
2: And I saw the last two Becky was watching, and I was cracking up laughing at it.
1: So the only thing I could say is I
0: almost wrote off that season halfway through. Uh, I did see it through to the end. And while it wasn't my favorite season, uh, the last two episodes tied up the story enough for me to where I was like, you know what? All right. I get it. I can see what they were trying to do with it. It, it wasn't my most unfavorite season, which was uh, Asylum. Um, but, I, okay, I can see what they were trying to do. It, it, did, it did tie up and have a cohesive ending to it, in my opinion. I don't so think- if you've already five episodes in, it's only nine episodes for the season. Right. I would say just power through the last four. And I would tell you not to,
2: because you have better things to do with your time. <laughs> Because do you really do now I? over the next
0: two hold, weeks? Really? Hold on,
1: hold <laughs> on a second. Couple months, it's probably. Four, it's no. four hours
0: out of the next what? 186. No group people of people. Are basically
2: gonna be home. No group of people who call themselves who call themselves creative should be allowed to stack mediocre cliches on top of one each other, tie them together with terrible dialogue, and call that a, call that a show. That's like me. Saying, I'm going to cook you a four-course meal, and then I just go to, like, Applebee's and pick up some riblets and McDonald's and pick up some cheeseburgers and steak and shake and pick up some dessert. And then I just stack Uh, it all on top of each other and say, I invented it. If you ever did that
3: for me, I would love it.
2: Well, Uh. I know you would, Joe. (laughs) But I'm just saying, this like, is a
1: weird comparison.
2: No, it's not a weird comparison because like think about it from this way. Like I'm just going and taking a bunch of generic, very familiar things and I'm just going to stack them on your plate, but then I can't turn around and claim I cooked it. And that's how I f- that's what I feel about American horror story is that okay. they're just they're just taking creative things that other people have already done from good material and they're just transposing it into their thing and tying beat A to beat B with bad dialogue and uninteresting characters. There is a lot of uh,
1: ridiculous exposition. So basically all
2: the best parts of the show are coming from other sources, but they're putting it out there and saying, look what we made. Look at this impressive thing that we made. But it's like, no, but you just, the parts that you did suck. The only things that are (laughs) good in your show is the shit you are directly stealing from other places but see that's where that's
0: where i think and this isn't to be insulting but that's where i think you don't you don't get it in finger quotes because that is pretty much what american horror story is about that's what every season is about we're going to take a bunch of things that you're going to be familiar with and we're going to kind of turn them on their heads a little bit and do them in a slightly different way but so that it makes sense for the season that we're doing, so when you watch it, you go, "Oh, I get that. That's from, that's from Friday the Thirteenth, or they took that right. bit from Nightmare on Elm Street, and or that's by that logic, you know supposed to
2: be Cam Crystal Lake." And by that logic, that's, I can start a that's band. The thing. I can start a band, take sections of hit songs from the last forty, fifty years, rework them into new songs, and claim that I wrote them.
3: Yeah, that happens all the time. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah, I'm no, not I'm not good, so no it's but it's like, not. But it's like, like
3: okay, but like, like it's not
2: like Oasis. It's not like Oasis just did Beatles songs and then claimed they wrote them. And that's how I feel about American Horror Story. Is it's like me going like, I'm going to write a hit song, and I'm just going to take like this from She Loves You and this from like whatever, and this from that, and this, and just take like five or six hit songs that all happen to have the same like. Keys and then just literally transpose their songs,
1: but I don't think they're they're not hiding it. Yeah, I think that's, that's where the thing. they're not, they're not claiming. From.
0: There's a difference between theft and homage, and and what American Horror Story is doing is homage. What what Vanilla Ice did with Queen is <laughs> theft. That's completely different. Homage. Um, is I just mean, a I see where you're coming from that, and I get it. Theft. And I, I guess I guess it comes down to whether or not you enjoyed the story or the overall theme of any given season as to whether or not, hey, I thought that was really cool, but this they just ripped that shit off. Um, if you didn't like the season, then yeah, I think you're gonna see it as the, well, they just stole all this shit from everybody else and kind of merged it together. Yeah, um, I'm not saying any any vision is wrong, but I can see where people who don't like a particular season can look at it and go, well, they just ripped all that shit off. Whereas people who really enjoyed it go, oh, I like how they made me think of this, or it was a callback to that, or this was an homage to that. So it it just depends.
1: Here's something interesting about 1984. Um, Chet, the character Chet, looks like mm-hmm. Willem Dafoe's son. Like he could be Willem Dafoe's son. Oh, he, he's got a little bit of a creepy face going on, yeah. He does have creepy face, but it's yeah. bigger and more chiseled.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, like, on, a, uh, right. like a Here. power lifter who chases parked cars in his spare time. <laughs> what, Joe?
3: Now, hold on. Willem Dafoe is a chiseled man. He was chiseled from the most, you know, I, I would say sharp piece of granite ever existing.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. And me That's and Becky have, man seen his, have seen his balls and cock.
3: It's <laughs> true. His, bo- his balls of cock? His balls and cock.
1: Well, oh, part- I thought he
3: had like balls of cock. No,
1: <laughs> part of the cock.
2: I mean, enough to know. Hey, I'm looking at Willem Dafoe's dick right yeah. now. Yeah,
1: mashing on Madonna's junk.
2: Yeah,
1: that was. I weird. still say, I still but, say yeah. the
0: Spider-Man movie could have saved a whole bunch uh, of money in budget by not making that armor for oh, Goblin God, and just was... giving Willem Dafoe like a green Sharpie marker. Yeah, that was the <laughs> yeah. worst
2: mistake that movie made: is turning him into like a Power Rangers villain. <laughs> Alright. Well, we've gone uh, hour and 16 today. I think that's going to wrap it up. Rob, thank you for joining us. Give a quick shout out where everybody can find you and your creative works. Uh,
0: the best place to find us is go to somethingcast.com. You can find our Twitter, our Facebook, our uh, Gmail, our YouTube, our all of the different shops that we have going on. You can find it over at shop.somethingcast.com. Uh, guys, it's uh, was great. Uh, the coronavirus being what it is uh, to give me the actual time to be around on days and times when you guys record, Uh, I hit Matt up like last night and I'm like, so when are you guys recording? He's like, Tomorrow? I'm like, oddly enough, I'm not doing nothing. So <laughs> it is there... always a joy to hang out and talk to you and Becky and Joe and everything. We we always Same say we need here. to do this much more often and we kinda don't, but like this time I think we need to. Well So we need yeah. to do this shit a lot more often. And I think oh,
1: yeah. I
2: think during all this I'm probably going to find myself more podcasting more and more Uh, just as time goes on, just because I need to do something to...
1: Yeah, and that's the silver lining, is getting to to connect with people that you usually don't have a lot of time to connect with.
0: Right. Absolutely. And we are going to be doing another Netflix party, uh, probably middle to end of this week, so
2: awesome. Cool. Hopefully this time we will not be at work while you were doing it. Probably not. Um, I was last week. Uh, Anyway uh rob thank you so much for being on the show i'm sure we'll get you on uh i i probably will just message you at some point in the week and be like hey want to record we just lightly uh, touched if, on if american i'm awake horror i'll story. more than
0: likely say sure yep. let me plug my mic in
2: <laughs> so we just lightly touched on american horror story now we got to get into it in a real oh boy in a real versus style debate but um, well, like I
0: said, I mean, not for nothing, check out our episode tomorrow, because me and Haddon do talk about that season. So oh, I
2: definitely will. Yeah, perfect. And uh, everybody out there should be listening to something. SomethingCast and joining them for all their cool stuff. I have been a terrible friend, because every time you guys have done something cool, I have been like, yes, I definitely want to do that. And then, like, my oh. alarm goes off on my phone when I'm at the store saying, oh, you're supposed to be in front of your computer right now, or I'm at work and stuff, so... But everybody, everybody should do better than me and be big fans <laughs> and supporters of the Something Something cast with uh, Rob and James Hatton. Hopefully we can get Hatton on here sometime in the near future. And uh, thank you very much for joining us. Absolutely, guys. Always a pleasure. Bye, everyone.
1: Bye, Joe. Bye, Rob. Hey, everybody. Bye, Great day. Bye, you too. <laughs>
0: Pre-recorded, live, was performed by, Matt Hyman, Joe Rosnick, Becky Hyman, edited by, Matt Hyman. Post-production audio, Adam Higgins, recorded at, PRL Studios, Monroeville, Ohio.